T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. We got some inflation numbers today. They weren't quite as bad as the last month. They weren't good either. And Steve Forbes is back with us. He's the chairman of Forbes Media. Of course, he ran for president one time back in the day. He's written a book recently called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, How to Fix It. Steve Forbes, how are you? Welcome back. Has it been a little while, I think? Uh, good to be back. I'm doing fine. Better than uh, the economy or the Federal Reserve or the markets right now. Yeah. So, you know, I've been looking at the market this week has been a little green. I've seen green. And then all of a sudden today uh, we got red numbers again, right? Uh, we did. That's smacked by reality. The Federal Reserve, yes, they raised interest rates by the expected amount. But they indicated they were going to continue applying uh, the torture on the rack into in next year. Uh, the Fed only knows how to fight inflation by depressing the economy. So uh, things are going to get worse before they get better, sadly. So, all of it is unnecessary. All right. When you say it's unnecessary, what what should we be doing? Look, the president comes out the other day, says his economic plan is working, Steve. Uh, he doesn't think that the Fed and their moves are slowing down, you know, inflation, that his economic policies are the Fed. Then uh, Jay Powell says, OK, we don't have to go quite as heavy as we did the last time. Would you, you know, a 0.5 percent increase? The market's going to turmoil again. So what is going to fix this? And, and what is your plan and advice to this administration? Well, uh, number one, in terms of uh, what you might call non-market inflation, uh, leave the economy alone. Stop waging war against oil and gas. Uh, Stop piling on regulations. Uh, Postpone that stupid tax increase that's coming January 1st and things like that. Help the economy rather than hurt it. Uh, The Federal Reserve, uh, stop uh, this uh, trashing of the economy. The Fed believes you make uh, fight inflation by making people poorer. That will bring down prices when people can't buy as much. The savings rate has virtually disappeared down to 2.3%. People are going through the savings they uh, piled up during the COVID lockdowns. So that cushion is uh, disappearing for more and more people. So the Federal Reserve should simply stabilize the value of the dollar. You know, you expect when you buy a gallon of gasoline, the the size of a gallon of gasoline doesn't change each day. When you buy a pound of uh, cheese, uh, the 16-ounce pound doesn't change each day. And uh, so, too, with the value of money, that should be stable. You know, you have 12 inches in a foot. We don't float that. So the Fed, there's no talk at all about having a reliable, stable dollar, which we used to do to, for our first 200 years of existence. And uh, so uh, we have this volatility of the dollar got very, very strong for months and it got weak again. And now it's uh, coming back up again. It's like a yo-yo. 
And when you have that, you don't get long-term productive investment, which hurts the economy, and uh, you get the kind of a, a price inflation that uh, we have today. So the fact that, oh, inflation is not going up as much, yes, but it's still going up. Things are, becoming, are still becoming more expensive. And so one sector gets hit one month, another sector gets hit another month, but people notice their dollars aren't buying what they used to. Yeah, and Powell said that maybe in February this just goes up a, a quarter point. If if thing, I don't know what his reasoning is, but you're saying at, at this point enough is enough with what the Fed is doing. Yes, just let the let the market set interest rates. Why do we have these? You know, suppressing interest rates, which was a disaster, uh, because of free money for people who could get it and companies <laughs> right. that could get it and countries that could get it. That's why the debts everywhere around the world have piled up. Japan has a national debt, and Japan is twice proportionally than ours. Ours is at a record peacetime level by far. So we have all this debt out there. So stop manipulating interest rates like rent control. We all know rent control distorts the market. Well, suppressing interest rates or manipulating interest rates is a form of rent control, but instead of renting an apartment, you're renting money. So leave it alone and uh, stop this manipulation. You're doing too much harm. So, no, the Fed should stop this idea that making people poor is good for the economy. It isn't. Well, and I'm, I'm with you, Stephen. I think a lot of people are. The problem is, is this is where we are right now. And as we head into 2023, I mean, I guess we had some uh, GDP, I'd say flat, but maybe just a little bit of growth after a negative quarter. What's your expectation? Do you think that we're in a recession, heading toward a recession? I mean, it seems like that's what Jay Powell is hoping for at this point. Yes, it is. He won't say it, but it's like uh, doctors in days of old. They used to bleed the patient. Of course, that got rid of the patient's pain and suffering because it got rid of the patient. And uh, so uh, what he's doing now, he wants to slow down. He hope it isn't too bad. But he's uh, much as said back in August that uh, there are a lot of households are going to feel a lot of pain, and that's happening already. So I'll leave it to the economic theologians to determine when, if we have a recession this quarter. We won't. We'll probably won't be till the second half of next year. But the bottom line is most people are falling behind rather than moving ahead. So whatever you want to call it is, it's going backwards, not forwards. You know, I, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times on, on the air just because I notice the, you know, the mail that I'm getting. And uh, I'm not going to tell you that I've been always the best with credit cards over the years, but I'm a lot better now. And most of my balances are at zero. But I get these offers, you know, for balance transfers and things along those lines. And I'm seeing those come in more than I, I remember having because these credit card companies, the banks know that people need money right now because they're running out of money. So that's just going to exacerbate the issue moving into next year, because you talk about the savings rate is now down. The, the the credit, the amount that people are putting on credit, that's sky high again after really being reduced during the pandemic. That's right. People are going into debt. And then you have the uh, discombobulation, the chaos in the housing market. You have a strange situation where prices are now starting to move down because mortgage rates are, what, six and a half, seven percent. And so uh, sellers don't want to sell because, one, uh, they can't get the price they want, but buyers can't buy because sellers don't want to sell because they're underwater. So you have this uh, sort of a market that's uh, going, becoming dead in the water uh, because both buyers and sellers uh, are not liking what they see. Yeah, and I don't know how that's going to work itself. I think we were all bracing a couple of years ago. We thought, well, the housing market's going to just tank with the pandemic, and the opposite happened. And now I think— um, Well, when you, when you print up a lot of money, yeah. uh, things, strange things happen. 
Let, let me ask you, Steve Forbes is with us, chairman of Forbes Media. He wrote a book called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, How to Fix It. Let me ask you about a couple things that are related to this. I know that you weighed in on this. This whole notion, Steve, that we're going to pay climate change reparations to poor countries. That's, that's a gem, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's another form of just foreign aid paying, paying money to governments. And uh, it makes it sound like that uh, making the progress we've made in the last 200 years from when the average income in today's dollars was three or four or five dollars a day to what we have today, bad as it is today, it's uh, 50 times better than it was 200 years ago. But thanks to cheaper energy like fossil fuels, hello, uh, we're supposed to apologize for that. That is preposterous. Without the fossil fuels, we'd still be poor, uh, living in mud huts, living in caves, barely getting by, living 20 or 30 years less than we do now, having high infant mortality rates, all those uh, terrible things of the past we'd get again. So there's no apology for using energy the way we have. And then going into the future, if we want a better future, we need more energy and cheaper energy. You know, one of the biggest energy producers today, they don't like to discuss it, is the energy. I mean, it is the, uh, is the high-tech industry. You take uh, the, the global cloud. The cloud today around the world uses twice as much energy as the entire nation of Japan. So you're gonna, if you want a better future, we need more and cheaper energy. So this nonsense talk of we're going to get rid of oil and gas Okay, we want to go back to where we lived 150 years ago. Go right ahead. But you, you've got to have more production of fossil fuels and other sources. Great. But uh, let's stop this uh, fantasy, destructive fantasy land and get real. We need more energy and cheaper energy. You know, I actually I highlighted this on the show yesterday. There was an editorial this week. This will come as no surprise to you. You may have even seen it by the L.A. Times that talked about this whole thing. And they, they said the point of the points of the op-ed was, or the editorial was, look, we, this is electric cars. That's not going to do it all because that only reduces, you know, the energy used by about 40 percent, maybe 50 percent if you're being rosy because you still have to provide the energy to plug the car in. But then they said this was the guy's point, Steve. He said, we need to talk about fewer cars and um, more public transportation. And then he threw in bicycles because I live, you know, uh, 25 miles from here, 25 minutes from downtown St. Louis. I'll just ride my bike in every day. That's the plan. Yeah. Cardiologists will love it, but uh, you're not, you're not going to do very well when it's raining or snowing and sleeting <clears throat> and uh, the time it takes. I'll put that aside too. No, it's absolutely preposterous. They want to have a lower standard of living. Keep the poor of the world poor, maybe even poorer. Make all of us poor. It's just absolute nonsense. And in terms of, oh, we'll save energy with electric vehicles, that is uh, open to real dispute. Because where do they get the electricity? You, if you want to, to, to replace oil and gas, you have to mine a lot of minerals like lithium, which happens to come a bigger part of these minerals come from China. But put that aside. You're going to have to rip up the earth to supply all those minerals. And in mining, where do they get the energy for mining? Oh, from fossil fuels and uh, electricity. Where does the electricity come from? Oh, from things like natural gas. So when you actually uh, uh, go in the weeds of this thing or actually look at what it takes to make these things happen that they want, it's preposterous. It means a lower standard of living. It means people go backwards rather than forwards. And politically, that is political poison. It's people are not going to tolerate it. So when he says less cars, uh, use public transportation. No, we did that 100 years ago. We want to move forward, not backwards.
Patriots. Absolutely. You know, I, I think, I don't know about where you are going to be next week. I'm looking at our forecast here in St. Louis. It's going to be really, really cold right around Christmas. And we're going to get, I think, uh, a bit of blast of winter here early with cold temperatures. And people are going to see these bills and be shocked so in the coming months. Take your bike out and ride in the snow. <laughs> see how far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, but I'm just, I'm talking about the sticker shock. I know that you've written about this a little bit. There's going to be some sticker shock when people see their bills in January, February, aren't there? Yes, there are. And uh, there are certain parts of the country. We've been warned in our part of the country, around New Jersey, New York area, northeast, that uh, we may have shortages of heating oil. Oh, that's great. Uh, and uh, so the L.A. writer, come, come and see what it's like when you don't have fossil fuels. Diesel, we already have a problem with not enough diesel, which uh, makes uh, things more expensive. So uh, we, we, we hopefully in 2024... Uh, people are already starting to look at that election. We got to get the candidates who are good, make the case for having a, a positive future rather than moving backwards and making people poor. Uh, the American people aren't going to tolerate it. So uh, I think we're in for a rough sledding short term, but I think the American people are going to rise up and say, this is nonsense. We've pulled out of rough times before, like the 1970s and now the glorious 1980s. We're going to, it's about time we did it again and get rid of these people who uh, want to make us poor. But they're going to live very well because they live off the government teeth. Let me let me ask you a little broader question just about politics. We're coming off this midterm election. The red wave was more of a red trickle. We had an op-ed that was written by one of our senators, Senator Hawley, here about conservatism and what it means and how the Republicans, he thinks, maybe should blow it up just a little bit. You gave a speech recently to Cedarville University about what conservatism is. You've probably heard some of these, you know, conversations about the future of conservatism. Where does Steve Forbes stand on the future of conservatism? Uh, it is the future. It's what made this country what it is. And it means uh, uh, trusting individuals instead of uh, uh, so-called experts. It means a sound dollar, low tax rates, uh, less uh, stupid rules and regulations, and uh, letting the American people move forward. It means having a border. We actually have a border again, uh, so you know who's coming into the country. It means uh, uh, backing up law and order, so you don't have the kind of crime we're having in our major cities. Uh, letting parents control where their kids go to school so they get a real education and not get shafted the way they did by the uh, teachers' unions who want to do it again. So uh, it's called freedom. It's worked for us for over 200 years. It's about time we return to it full-blown. Are you uh, picking a side in the Trump versus DeSantis cage match at this point or not? Uh, no, uh, because it's too early. Uh, we have to see what candidates can put resources together. Uh, Governor DeSantis will be formidable because he doesn't hesitate to touch uh, a third rail. Uh, he's going after uh, the drug companies and some of the uh, vaccines yeah, they've been I know, doing I saw lately. That. That's good. And and so uh, this is a guy who's got backbone. And uh, you know, Elon Musk wasn't born here, so he can't run. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, and, I am too. Uh, I think. Uh, well, I, thought I think we're going to have some uh, uh, good positive policies, uh, like I a flat too. tax. Get rid of the IRS. How about that? <laughs> I I know a guy. I used to interview this guy that talked about a flat tax all the time. Going back, uh, oh, that was you, Steve Forbes. That's right. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Single rate system. <laughs> Uh, so we need it, it more than ever. A few keystrokes. We, especially when you, you got the IRS that's, you know, the, you, the case for the flat tax, I think, is made even more when you start to think about these 87,000 IRS agents and, you know, tapping into Venmo and all that kind of stuff. But, Steve, you have a great holiday. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for coming on here, as always, in St. Louis on 97.1 FM Talk. Appreciate it.
Thank you, Mark. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.